Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, helping you take back your life from unwanted sexual behavior and betrayal trauma. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 279 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. You like that? You like that? Oh, no. How do you like me now? <laughs> Our producer, Justin, was like, the last time we recorded, you guys were yelling. Stop oh. yelling. Oh, and yeah. then I'm, you just yelled. I apologize, Trevor, for my loud <laughs> intro. But do you know what it's from? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I'm, know. I'm sure it's a poor imitation. The intonation could have been a lot better. But mm. that was uh, one Kirk D. Cousins uh, oh. after a football game with the Washington, <laughs> formerly known as the Redskins. Now the? Uh, now the commanders yep. commandeer yep. i forget commanders <laughs> i think the commandeers uh, yeah. <laughs> buccaneers no we, we already used that one the commanders yeah um but it's after one like one of his first big wins as a starting quarterback and he you know as he was coming up through the tunnel he's like yelling at the reporters you like that you like that because they'd all been giving him a hard time and that oh, was kind man. of his his moment in the sun so yeah and he's a quarterback now for your minnesota yeah, now he, and a, a very well-paid quarterback and you know in Maybe not as tier. well performing as yeah. The pay. I mean, he's definitely a well-established starting quarterback. I mean, his stats and wins, he just hasn't had postseason success. So there we go. People rip on him for that, but yeah, he's turned out to be a really successful quarterback, and that's kind of the tie-in to today's episode. Ooh, so today we had a brand new guest. You've never met him before. I mean, maybe you have, but if you're a listener of the show, you've never heard him before or seen him. Our, one of our newest employees, Emmanuel Garraway, who's our church relations specialist. And he came on to really talk us through how to support Pure Desire groups running at our church. Yeah. And, and that's the reality is that when things are new to us, uh, it, it can just strike us as odd or funny. And I think that's why uh, that moment with Kirk Cousins has been uh, memorialized or it's, it's been remembered in all these GIFs and yeah. internet memes. And it's yeah. because it's like he was this unknown and and people are like, what is he talking about? Like he's going off, but now he's a household name. Like, and now people know him yeah. and know of him. Yeah. And I think there's some similarities there when you're starting groups that you hear about, like pure desire or how groups run, or maybe something about the structure. And it's like, what? What is this? We don't feel totally comfortable or yeah. confident. Uh, but there really is a process that as we learn, as we grow, and this becomes familiar, it's like, oh, that makes sense. It all fits now. And I yeah. think that's what we're talking about with Emmanuel today is just how do we make this kind of part of our leadership skill set. How do we support these groups and and whether we feel personally led to be engaged with them um, ourselves or not, that we can still play a significant role in how groups uh, function at our church. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of groups, we do have a new resource out and it's with the same name. Everyone knows Betrayal and Beyond for betrayed women um, to go through and get their healing from betrayal trauma. But we now have updated the content and it's new and fresh. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, we're excited to be releasing a new and updated version, you know, built on the great uh, ideas and foundations that Diane Roberts had Mm -hmm. and her use of scripture in the healing journey Mm -hmm. and just understanding how God meets us in that place and we grow through the betrayal and go beyond to what does it look like to reestablish healthy relationships where possible um, or where does it, where do we establish health on our own? Because in, as we know, in some of those cases, the marriage doesn't make it or the partner is not interested working on their issues. And so just looking um, at a fresh new take on that, that's really been informed by uh, trauma. What does Mm -hmm. it mean that when someone discovers their husband's uh, porn use or unwanted sexual behaviors, like it's traumatic. 
And the brain and body do some weird things in trauma. And I think this resource really helps women in a group setting walk through healing in a really, really effective way. And, and we just think it's a dynamic resource mm-hmm. for every church. And I, I'm not overstating that when I say every church, because yeah. the number of men who struggle, we know percentage-wise is high. Yep. So that means the percentage of women that feel betrayed is right there with them. And we need a safe place for them to experience community process their story, mm-hmm. and move into the future that God has for them, and hopefully uh, for their husband and their marriage as well. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to check out this new resource, this updated resource, go to puredesire.org slash betrayal and beyond. All right, a few things. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media at Pure Desire PDMI, and this episode will be up on YouTube to search Pure Desire Ministries. All right, and with that, here's our time with Emmanuel Garraway on how to support Pure Desire groups at your church. Emmanuel Garraway, welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, man. Thanks What's for being here. What's going on? Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. So for those of you who are watching and listening, this is a new face, new voice. We have not seen, we have not heard. <laughs> uh, today, um, we're going to get to know you a little bit. You're new on staff. And today we're going to look at what churches, um, pastors, leaders, what we can do to best support Pure Desire groups running at our church. We want to discuss ways to help these groups really run the smoothest they can and be the most effective. And as a guy who has pastoral experience um, and has led groups in his church, wanted to tap into that experience Absolutely. today. So just to start being this your first time, can you give some background, like life, family, ministry, let people know about you? Yeah. Well, he said my name is Emmanuel. Um, I know my wife, my wife will be watching this and she will make sure <laughs> to tell you all that I was born in Canada. Oh, okay, um, and Don't raised... look at the camera. We already had someone look at the camera. Don't do that. I was born in British Columbia, Canada. Don't break the fourth wall. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> raised in Lacey, Washington. Mm. Um, married this, gosh, a couple of weeks ago, celebrated nine years of marriage. Congrats. Nice. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've been through a lot of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have three children, Ava, Naomi, and Trinity. So think aunt, um, eight, seven, <laughs> and soon to be six. Busy. Yeah. Pray for <laughs> us. Um, we have a little boy in heaven named Emmanuel Jr. Mm. Um, but moved to the state of Oregon to pastor young adults at East Hill Church. Um, and my first day on the job was when the whole world shut down. Congrats. So yeah. that, that's, <laughs> that's been awesome. my experience. But yeah. now we're... We're here um, in the state of Oregon. We live in Sandy on the Pure Desire team, and I'm absolutely loving it. What do you do here? Yeah, so I'm the church relations specialist, which is a brand new position. Um, and as I'm learning and as we're learning together, like my role is primarily to connect with pastors, mm-hmm. um, partner with pastors locally and essentially globally on how can we run effective groups in the yeah. churches, what's needed, what's not needed, and, and ultimately just to be a resource. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So for you getting to be at East Hill Church, obviously that's where Dr. Ted Roberts was. And and knowing the senior pastors that have followed him, that's continued to be, uh, in our opinion, a very effective Mm -hmm. healing church, you know, healing groups. And so from that experience and just other church experiences you've had, on the flip side, what would you say are things that we do or say from the the front of the room, from the stage, that might actually work against healing and recovery groups or, or make it hard for people to feel safe? about going to them? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, just to off the jump, it is saying words like, if, you str- if you're the ones that struggle with this issue or if this yeah. is your struggle, we have something yeah. for you. Kind of like, um, what's that one Christmas movie? Um, the Toys Island, that one Oh, movie? the, yeah, the 
Are you well, talking about it's, Island, it's of, Misfit Rudolph. Yeah, yeah. Island oh, of Misfit Toys? Yeah, Island of Misfit Toys. Rudolph, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, but like okay. making it seem like it's that. Like, I'm going to shame you even though I'm doing my part in mm. saying this is something that we do have, but it's for those people. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely one negative thing that if we're not careful, we can communicate that like this is an isolated issue for a certain group of people mm. um, that also in, invites more shame yeah. in like, you know, I'm really not sure if I want to open up or even yeah. say this is a struggle of mine. Yeah. We, we've talked about a lot on the show that the pronouns we use are really important. Like if it's they and them, that's one thing. But if it's us and we, that's yeah. something that is much more inclusive. And I even think using like, if you're always talking about examples with sexual brokenness um, or even betrayal and you're using only one gender for each one, like, you know, so for the men out there, you know, or he's always saying he, 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 when it comes to sexual, you know, brokenness. Yeah. That can create some difficulty too um, in the same side on betrayal. But then sometimes you can just tell when you're listening to someone preach or you're listening to someone give examples um, from the stage, whether it's announcements, and they use kind of a throwaway illustration just to kind of throw it in there, but they're not actually being specific about what the group is, who it's for. It's just making sure we cover it. I feel like that communicates a lot too. It's like, oh, okay, so that's not really something the church is super excited about. It's kind of a hush-hush, but we have to say it from the front like that just perpetuates that shame yeah. and that issue too. Yeah, I think there are also ways that we preach and teach that can work against people feeling safe that, uh, and, and we might not immediately think of this, but we can kind of teach a message of if you love God enough, yes. if you're following Jesus enough, you won't make bad choices. And I wish that were true, but as far as I can tell, every Christ follower still is imperfect and makes mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. there has to be room in our theology even Absolutely. for... For sanctification, for growth, to recognize we're all in process. And if if we preach like, man, a man of integrity just always, you know, says no to temptation, like, well, I hope he does. Yeah. I hope she does. Yeah. But it's not always, you yeah. know. And so if we do struggle not feeling like just like you said, that that then there's something wrong with us. And right. now we got to go to the group for people that can't figure out their faith. Yeah. Versus that message of, hey, we're all trying to be more like Christ and we're all doing it imperfectly. Mm. And so here's some of the ways our church helps us follow Christ better yeah. and making that just a normal step to take versus admitting defeat, feeling totally. shameful, what's wrong with me, even by signing up for the group. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing too is like telling people you need more Jesus, more Bible, more scripture, which yes, yeah, so we need scripture. Sure. But like there's something about being in community that brings transformation, mm-hmm. but there's also the, the, the layer to dealing with sexual brokenness or any type of issue is going beneath the surface and getting to the root causes of what is causing these behaviors. Um, Because if we just say more scripture, like now we're attaching performance to, okay, my recovery is attached to what I can do, if I can love Jesus more, if I can remember the whole book of Galatians and Revelation. Yeah. And the first one, the first one I'm okay with. That Revelation's tough. (laughs) You throw Ezekiel in there. If if I can remember like more scripture, (laughs) then I'm, I've made it. I'm, I'm healthy. Right. Right. Which isn't, the case. Yeah. I think uh, another thing too is just like, we've talked about this a ton on the show, but if you talk about um, go to the back and sign up or, you know, pull out your phone, scan this QR code. It's like, come on. Like, you know, that if you're looking at launching a ministry or launching groups in this area, the best way to eliminate the high number of people who need this and they're not going to show up and you're going to have very small groups is to make the sign up process not confidential, to make it something very public that's just going to cause crisis right there 100%. and then in your service. It's not helpful. 
Yeah. Great question. Um, okay. So on the flip side, and again, I, I'm curious too, with the recent experience you had at East Hill, um, because you had Jason and then you had Keith now, who's there, the lead guy. Um, what are things we can do and say in our church that help those healing and recovery groups? What have you seen and experienced? Yeah. One thing that, um, if any of you guys know Keith or PK, he's been on the father, show. Yep, yeah. Yep. Spiritual father. And he always like, he shares his story hmm. like from yeah, the, the pulpit. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest ways of including and inviting people in and even like diminishing or minimizing, I don't want to say minimizing, but easing the shame factor sure. is like, hey, this is something that I've journeyed through mm-hmm. and I've experienced healing and restoration through what God does through pure desire. Mm-hmm. And so from the, from the pulpit or from announcements is regularly keeping at the front as you would say ties and offerings, right? Yeah. Like talking about sexual integrity as yeah. a part of discipleship. Yeah. And sharing your story is is definitely one thing that I that Keith and and all the other pastors, Jason, Ted, founder of Pure Desire, have done mm-hmm. is sharing their story. Um, which invites other people to explore, get connected, and it's like, wow, my story's essentially like something that I felt unredeemable setting yeah. people free through the mm-hmm. through Jesus. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's so powerful when we share stories. And I think if a, a pastor or a leader feels like, well, that's that's not my story. What do yeah. I do? I mean, there are so many other ways that you can champion people's stories, lives being changed. Because mm-hmm. I, I think people may have a natural fear of, well, boy, if if I join this group, will others in the church or the church staff look down on me? Will they think yeah. less of me in my faith? And if a pastor or a leader can bring someone else on staff and say, hey, we want you to hear from Joe because... Joe's been through a group experience and his life's been changed. Joe, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about it. And it's yeah. evident that like the church really supports Joe and his family and, and that Joe is still being given leadership opportunities. That yeah. that just in a, um, in a maybe kind of subconscious way communicates to everyone else like, oh, I can take this step mm-hmm. and still be part of the church. It's not like I get relegated to something quiet or, you know, because it's, yeah. it's one thing if the pastor shares it and then everybody's like, yeah, but... You're the pastor. Yeah. Like, what about yeah. me? Totally. Yeah. So if you can bring others totally. up and share their story as they're ready, that that can make a huge difference as yeah. well. Another thing too, and I, I think this is maybe something we could do a better job at in churches. And sometimes we just say, hey, we have sexual integrity groups or betrayal groups, you know, join if you're interested. And that for a lot of people who have tried breaking free or tried finding healing from those things before, that's just, just like, well, been there, done that. This isn't different or unique. So maybe explaining a little bit more, like explaining, like if you've experienced sexual betrayal because you're married to someone who has unwanted sexual behavior or sexual brokenness, this is something where you get to come into this group, you get around other people who have the same experience you do, and you get to unpack how this is impacting your life now, make sense of your story, understand how trauma impacts you, and then work toward restoring that relationship and healing and getting safety. And so if you were able to do that, and use some really intentional language that paints a picture for like, oh, I want safety. I want healing. I want belonging. So I think if we can do a better job of unpacking it, yeah, that could be helpful too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we've also seen how helpful it is when you encourage people to do it for someone else. Oh yeah. Because it's, it's sure. harder to admit that I have the need, <laughs> but it's like, hey, if yeah. you're a parent of a kid, you need to understand what's happening in our world and what happens to their brain. And then you know, husbands and wives can look at each other like, oh, we should go to that because totally. we're parents. Yeah. And they don't have to admit anything about their mm-hmm. own story. So if you can invite people like, hey, let's be a part of helping others, that can often get get the door open. So mm-hmm. uh, we, were, we were talking about this a little bit, Emmanuel, but is it 
um, essential that a pastor be leading these groups? Do they have to be actively involved in the ministry? Or what does that look like for pastors and leaders that probably already feel super busy and like there's a lot on their plate? Yeah. I don't say you don't have to, and I'm not going to say but. I will say at the same time, I encourage you Mm. to go through it too. Because it's something about like leading first mm. and and getting a un- an understanding of yeah. like okay I want this for my church but I don't even know mm. what what this is yeah so being able to go through it and just to say like hey like I've experienced God here and you can like clearly testify mm-hmm. of what happens when you go through any type of group in pure desire um, and so leading first gives you more a more credibility and two mm, yeah. gives like a clear definitive statement to say hey this works like yeah. this i believe in this i right. my stamp of approval is on this and it bridges the gap from yeah. say someone who's experienced healing freedom restoration yeah it gives them the support it's like ah oh, my pastor's got my back yeah like he's championing me like i i know this works because my pastor believes mm-hmm. in this and he believes in me yeah and so twofold and with the pastors, you know, and this is an encouragement we've made in some other episodes too. You don't have to be in the groups in your church right. if you're going to do that. It could be an online group. It could be a group at another church, whatever it may be. Um, but definitely, te- you know, stepping into that, being informed is super, help- super helpful. But um, I think too, just understanding that your support goes a really, really long way. Yeah. Um, and so even though you might not be leading the groups or overseeing the groups, depending on your staff size, just knowing that you have their back and you're open to more conversations, to learning more, to having yeah. meetings with these group leaders, to finding better ways to communicate them, invite people into it, I think goes a long way. And that's really, that's what we want. Because, yeah. you know, if you look at Ephesians 4, the idea of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, that's part of your job as a pastor. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, in my opinion, that is the number one job as a pastor or leader in a church. And this is an, a way that you can do that by yeah. giving them that encouragement and that open line of communication. So you don't have to be in, in, but you can be for those ministries. And one of the beautiful things about Pure Desire and and me being a part of the groups team is like the conversations I'm having with pastors, as soon as I say like, hey, we have a team to support you, they're like, oh, I don't have to launch another ministry. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Wow. Like we have Ashley and Rich and all the other groups team like here for training, like the group leadership training sexual integrity one-on-one like mm-hmm. all of its stuff is packaged in position to where you don't even have to reinvent the wheel like hey we we got your support mm-hmm. we got regular meetings um trainings for your leaders like we're we're here this you're not alone in this and they're like oh wow like how do i sign up for the church membership yeah and so that, that part is really awesome just to see pastors go ah I'm not yeah. alone. Right. Yeah, you're not alone. We're here to help. Yeah. I, I think there's a reality too in a lot of churches, and whether this is right or wrong, that could be the topic of another podcast, but in a lot of churches, unless people hear it from up front, and sometimes unless they hear it from the pastor, until then it doesn't really matter. Right. It's not really a big deal in the church. Yeah. And and I think we get that that's true because when something does matter to the church, it's like every service, all the people on stage are talking about, hey, don't forget coming up this new discipleship thing or this new class or this yep. new opportunity. And everyone goes, oh, this really matters. Yeah. And if the only time we hear about like sexual integrity type things or pure desire groups is kind of these hushed tones or really small little blurbs <laughs> in the bottom of the you know bulletin, that, yeah. that says something. Yep. And so- as a pastor leader, you don't have to be leading yeah. the groups themselves, but I think mm-hmm. it really matters that you feel comfortable enough with what's happening that you can champion it, yeah. that you can talk with support about, man, I believe these are life-changing, and I'm so supportive that our church has these, and that will just open yeah. doors for other people. And 
So I'd say if you're not there, you know, the, my other suggestion would be to talk to other pastors yeah. that have these groups in their churches, and we'd be glad to provide some phone numbers yeah. and contacts. Say, hey, talk to some leaders. We'll even find some in your denomination that that are mm-hmm. doing this, and ask what impact it's having on their people, on their culture. Because I think I, I know for me, until I heard it from another pastor, I had a hard time really seeing how could totally. it work in my church, yeah. right? So it's one thing if a church member's like, oh, we need these groups, we should do yeah. it. And I remember a couple of times with ministries I didn't really know about, I would go talk to a pastor friend and say, hey, have you ever worked with so-and-so? Have you ever done this ministry? And if they said, oh yeah, we loved it, it was so yeah. good for us. Well, man, all like, of a sudden okay, I'm thinking go. about it, like, yeah. oh, yeah. maybe we should do that. Yeah. And if, if that's where you're at as a leader, I think that's great. We, we trust peers for recommendations. So mm-hmm. talk to another pastor. And like yeah. I said, if you need a phone number, We'll connect you with some that you could talk to and just yeah. say, what impact did this have totally. at your church? Yeah, I'm, I'm envisioning the guy on stage who's announcing, and we have a potluck next week, and then we have sexual integrity groups <laughs> next week, and okay, like and that, then back to the sermon, let's all That pray, really you know? fast yeah. voice at the end uh, yeah. of radio commercials when they have to <laughs> share <laughs> the legal it's stuff. like yeah. small print, <laughs> yeah. the fine print stuff, absolutely. That's what absolutely. we do with the integrity. Oh my gosh. desire groups. Another thing I would say on that too, you know, if you look at the statistics, it's between one and two times every month that people on average go to church. And so, you know, you may say it from the stage on one weekend, but you might be missing three quarters of the people who are normally there, like at any given Sunday. And so I think that we need to make sure that we're doing that in a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. That it's like, okay, week one and week three, we're gonna say something. And then next month it's week two and week four, we're trying to make sure we're catching people. Because if it is that important from the front, you have to consider not everyone's there. Yeah, I, I know as a pastor, if it mattered to us, we said it three weeks in a row. Yeah. Because we're like, that will catch at least a majority of our people Absolutely. three weeks in a row. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So it's a lot to ask for. So think about what would it take to get you to that point? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So um, press into this a little bit from a pastor or church leader perspective. What does healthy oversight of these groups look like? So what are we encouraging pastors and leaders to do when trying to help these groups go on? Yeah. Well, definitely having a plan, number one. Like not only with launching the group, but when you're going to end, what, what's next? Yeah. Like having that on the front end is, I would say, essential and crucial because the last thing you want to do is take people on, on a journey and yep. say, okay, what's, what now? Yeah. And so being able to have a game plan, a pathway mm-hmm. is, is huge. Um, also, making sure that people are equipped, um, like, Again, not to plug it, but like the group leadership training, like making sure leaders understand what they're walking into, what the commitment is, Mm -hmm. what it entails, like what it means to be healthy to lead a group, Um, having healthy boundaries, all all of those things are are crucial um, within doing all of that because you want to set people up for success, not only the leader, but those that you're leading. And so just being able to be clear, setting people up, giving them a clear direction Mm -hmm. and pathway. I would say it's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking of the metaphor as you were, you know, talking about having a plan that sometimes we're like, you know, a mountain guide that leads people to the top of the mountain and it's, man, the view is amazing. Isn't this great? And then, you know, the group looks at you like, okay, how do we get down? And if you're the guide and you're like, I don't know, like I just (laughs) got you up, you're like, good luck. (laughs) And it's like a long ways down and it's scary to kind of know, well, here's some next steps. Here's Mm -hmm. some ways you can use this in incorporating in another group or we can help you lead or start another one. I mean, just... There are a lot of different plans and that's part of what Emmanuel does and our groups team, like, hey, yeah. we'll help you think through it. You don't have to come up with the plan, yeah. but I, I think having a plan is crucial. 
A couple other things I think about in terms of overseeing these groups, I mean, it's it some ways sounds trite, but it's so true. Like, be praying for these leaders. Yeah, mm. this is a tough kind That's of front good. edge, yeah. you know, pushing back the darkness kind of ministry. And yeah. so, really letting those leaders know, like, hey, yeah. we're praying for you. Or when our staff meets, we pray for you, whether that's once a month or once a week, you know, whatever your rhythm is, just really covering those leaders in prayer. And, and then I think it means the world if, if you're checking in, if it's, it doesn't have to be the, the lead pastor, but yeah, I think yeah. someone on staff that just once a month calls up and says, hey, how's your group going? Anything you need? How can I yeah. support you? Because this is also a ministry that, I mean, let's face it, at most churches, if there's a couple of groups running at a time, that's great. Mm-hmm. But that means there's only a couple of leaders that feel like, man, I'm carrying this burden for mm-hmm. this group. And to just communicate to them, hey, I, I know you're doing something that's yeah. maybe not as widespread in our church, yeah. but I got your back. I'm here for you. Yeah. Just reminds them they're not alone. And yeah. I think that's a huge role that we can play as leaders. Yeah. yeah. I think um, a couple other just maybe smaller things is like thinking through the budget and giving some resources to this could be helpful. You know, I even think um, how cool it is if, you know, a leader gets a call from a pastor and is like, hey, I want you to take your group out to coffee this week and here's a coffee card. Or, hey, I got you some pizza. Maybe you feed this, you know, you feed your group. I'm not saying, you know, if your church is running 50 groups, like that's going to be tough, um, but you probably got a big budget. If you have 50 (laughs) groups going, right, right. uh, (laughs) It's not the worst, (laughs) not the worst use, but I think, that sort of thing may be small, but can really communicate, I have your back. I'm for you. I see the work that you're doing, and this is important ministry. Um, you know, and two, I, I think something as simple as like, you can use this room at our church. Like, it's okay if you use the facilities. Absolutely. Like, um, I think some churches might be afraid um, of confidentiality or some other issues that might come up, but just saying like, hey, when do you want to run your groups? Okay, great. Tuesday nights at seven. We have this room open. Why don't you guys take mm-hmm. this room this week? Uh, or, you know, for the next few months. And I think just things like that, small things, thinking through the needs that a group might have and even understanding how emotionally weighty these can be, thinking, how can I serve these people? And it's interesting too, because just as I'm talking about that, we think about that as pastors and leaders all the time. Like, I know this family's hurting. What are some ways we can use some of the funds that we have just to be a blessing to them? And think through that way too with your group leaders could go a long way for sure. Yeah. So when we're in church leadership, you know, we want the ministries that we run to be successful. And maybe we don't use the word success. Maybe we think effective or fruitful, fruitful, yeah, yeah, (laughs) life-giving. So how do we (laughs) measure in that sense if these kind of sexual integrity and recovery groups are are working, if they're being effective? And if if we feel like they're not, what steps can we take to help maybe um, move the groups towards greater effectiveness? Yeah, great question. Um, a couple of things. I would say one continued progress, like somebody completes or goes through sexual integrity one one hundred and one, and if like you're a young adult, shout out to young adults out there. Hey, hey. going into like a living free or seven pillars, like continuing the journey, mm-hmm. um, is is definitely a way to measure like effectiveness or fruitfulness. Um, but another thing, and this is like more so, I guess you could say on the pastoral end, is seeing like other leaders being raised up. Like yep. wanting to measure like, okay, is this actually working? Um, and the whole discipleship or multiplication is like, I see other leaders being raised up, yeah, that's good. encouraging and leading other groups and that are encouraging others to then be leaders who are encouraging others to be leaders. So being mm-hmm. able to see that, like at our church, like there's several people, like Dave Marlowe mm-hmm. is attached to several people like one of my young adults noah guyer mm-hmm. I, I love you man yeah um but like just seeing that spending time with each other yeah and then 
It's like, you know what? You're ready to lead. Like, yeah. you got this. Yeah. Like, I believe in you. Like, that's that's always huge, and especially as a pastor where you're able to delegate the words that we like to use, like delegate responsibility yeah. Yeah. and champion right. and empower people. Yeah. I think that's definitely one way to see. And then another yeah. way is just seeing families healthy. Totally. Like, yep. you see and hear stories of couples like, oh, man, we want a date this week. Like, date night's on the calendar every week. Yeah. Right. Or my kids are like yep. they love me, yep. and we're spending more time with each other. We're, yep. we're going on vacations. Like just being able to see families healthy is is definitely another way. And to, you're you're talking about fruit, is what you're talking yeah. about. And you know, I think of you know people who, and I'm thinking of someone specifically in this context who's getting healing from sexual brokenness. Their shame is starting to go down. They're yeah. starting to feel better about themselves. They may start stepping up and serving. Yeah, they may be um, they may be raising their hands during worship. They may be more engaged on a spiritual level, on a relational level, community level. And I think that that's the kind of stuff we should pay attention to because that's real transformation. It's not just someone that's getting better with a bad behavior. It's someone who's growing as a person and an individual holistically. And so it's not just like, are you treating your wife good? It's like, are you showing up to church a little bit earlier than maybe you used to? Maybe you're serving coffee instead of just taking it. You know, things like that, I think can add measurables to this journey. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're really looking for life transformation. Are, mm-hmm. are there changed lives? Yeah. And even if there's a few, that that matters. I, I know sometimes as churches, we can be guilty of just measuring things by numbers and how big is it and how yep. many people went. And and maybe you get a lot of people to go. But on the other hand, if you're working to to start this, if you're working to shift the culture of your church and making it safe to deal with you know, our broken sexuality and, and find help in that area, you may only have a few people initially. One or two groups is common to start with. And yet, if you see, boy, in those one or two groups, we had these five men walk through and, mm-hmm. you know, four out of five got to the end of the group and were doing awesome and really went to the next level in their faith and started playing. I mean, that's that's huge if it's developed four men yep. or conversely four women who are really freed up, healthier, and able yeah. to serve God. Then you say, man, th- this is effective. I, I think one of the things on the flip side then I would look at if groups aren't effective is if you're routinely seeing groups start and don't finish. Mm-hmm. Groups get going, but most of the people drop out. Then you're probably encountering some issues of either poor leadership or inconsistent leadership yeah. that you want to address. Um, and sometimes you might have to go to the people who stopped coming to group, mm-hmm. maybe not to the leader, because it could be that the leader has a blind spot, that they're maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, shaming people and don't realize it, or they're dominating all the time and no one gets to talk. And yeah. so I think you do want to watch for that if you're in pastoral oversight. If if groups just are always fizzling out, mm-hmm. go to some of the people like, hey, I'm curious, you know, tell me a bit about your group experience and could you be honest and just tell me why didn't you keep going? And, and if you learn some things, yeah. you might actually find, oh, it's it's not that the material wasn't good. It's that the way we structured the group or maybe something about the style of the leadership wasn't creating the kind of environment because that is what we have seen is when groups are led well and there's that environment of grace and there's consistency in the group structure, mm-hmm. People thrive. People yeah. that are looking for yeah. healing find it, and the groups thrive. And so if, yeah. if you just feel like, man, our groups are not thriving, there's probably something going on. And we'd love as a team, we our groups team would love to help, like, let's open up the hood on the car and find out mm-hmm. what's going on in the yeah. engine. Because yeah. if we can get the engine running, it's it's going to produce life change. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what resources, and we've talked about some already, but just again, what resources do we offer that help pastors and church leaders create and really sustain for the long-term healthy recovery and support groups? Yeah. Um, one of them that I've been bringing up a lot in conversation is our church membership. Like, especially for those that 
have other people that they've mm-hmm. identified or come to them like I'm really yeah. passionate about. Like you got three people already saying, I like I believe in this. Like yeah. you already have four slots taken yeah. for forty nine dollars a month. Yeah. That you would have access to the group leader training that would get them trained up. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing content too. Like you're learning how to launch effective groups, what it means to set, like create a culture of grace, like being able to go through that mm-hmm. um, before launching groups is, is essential. And then sexual integrity 101, like I, I like to use that as like, let's bring awareness. Let's, let's mm-hmm. begin the conversation. Yeah. Especially for a pastor who may be new to pure desire and what we do and all the resources that we have. Um, that's one way to say like, oh, wow. Like, Dang, seven percent! Like I want, I want to increase. I want to be a part of changing the number. Yeah, like I want to see God move in this area. Mm-hmm. So that it, it creates more curiosity, and it's an invitation. Um, and then also like you got the podcast, like just being able to hear this all the time. Yeah. Like I, like when I found I get to work with you guys that I listen, I'm like, oh my gosh, like these guys are so cool <laughs> um i know him i know him like you know like th- we have ample resources available like just yeah. say hey i i'm curious yeah how do i help my church grow and heal in mm-hmm. this area many pathways yeah. to begin yeah well and i'll say it this way emmanuel you are a resource yeah. Yeah. and rich moore is a yeah. resource and ashley jameson and uh, Kelly Johnson Sarah and Sarah Peter, Peter like our groups yeah. team. That's yeah. why you're here. Yeah, and yeah. I know for any pastor or church leader, or even just a, a lay volunteer, who's like, maybe you listen to the podcast because you're the only one at your church and you yeah. feel like your staff has kind of said, yeah, if you know, if you could bring us some ideas, maybe we'll start it. Reach out to Emmanuel yeah. and just say, what could we do? Explain where you're at, you know, let us be part of yeah. that journey because that's why we bring on quality guys like Emmanuel so that we can be your advocates. We can be um, your guide and coach. And, and we, we can't do the work for you. It's your yeah, church. It's right. your context. We want to empower and equip you, but we have people that that's their job. So mm-hmm. I know he wouldn't say it because he's a humble dude, <laughs> but Emmanuel's a resource. And if you're yeah, listening going, man, what could we do? I know he would love nothing more than to spend a half an hour or an hour on the phone just Absolutely. talking about your situation, what you're facing, and then strategizing what mm-hmm. could your next steps be? Because um, that, that's why he's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Absolutely. utilize him. Yeah. like know that you have not just myself but a whole team mm-hmm. of people here at pure desire like we believe in you yeah like you're called yep. god has got you man or woman in your church in yep. your context leading a flock of people and you have people that believe in you mm-hmm. and are here to support you and i'm one of them so yeah. like re- please reach out like yeah. send me an email love to have a zoom conversation or if you're local i love coffee hey Another thing to just to plug the membership again is that, you know, a couple of those additional benefits is that you do get a discount on the resources. And so that's nice when you're trying to create and sustain a ministry, but then also you get access to free trainings um, with the groups team. So mm-hmm. it's not just, Hey, can I get on a manual schedule or Hey, can I meet with Rich or Ashley? It's actually like you get invited to these trainings where there's Q and A where every they month. talk through. Yeah. Every month. So you're getting a All lot of leaders. exposure to the group leader, the yeah. group leaders that we have here on staff and that are willing to just pour in. So it's not just something like, okay, that sounds great, but I'll just try to get on their calendar three months from now. It's like, no, no, no. You get pretty instant access in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yep. yeah. They're amazing. I would just chime in you know, and say, if you're a leader or pastor that's listening to this particular episode, because someone in your church begged, <laughs> they said, <laughs> would you please listen to this? 
buy that person coffee first. (laughs) um, Realize that there's something that's happened in their life that has made them passionate enough to recommend this to you. And, and then hear from us, like we're here to help that it isn't a heavy burden on your shoulders. And I know when I was a pastor, when someone came to me with, we need to start this group, we need to start this ministry. We need to have our whole church read this book. We need to have everybody watch this movie, whatever it was. If it was somebody else telling me what we needed to do, I just, as a pastor, would feel like, you know, I've got 14 other things that I already feel like we need to do. I'll add this to the list. And, and if you're feeling that way, just know we're here for you so mm-hmm. that you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If we can help you answer a few of your questions, and I, I get that up front, you may have some concerns. You may be like, who is this group? Can we trust them? What are they going to try to do to my church? Like, yeah. honestly, we're not trying to do anything to your church other than help you help your people find healing. Yeah. We don't want to change you or your denomination or mm-hmm. your beliefs. Like, That's good. We just want people to find healing. And we can do the heavy lifting in terms of the resourcing, the training, the support. Um, so just keep that in mind that if you were directed to this podcast, it's because someone cared and we care about you and want to help uh, take that next step in the process. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, on that note, Emmanuel, what uh, what does your role at Pure Desire uh, do to help people who are in that place that we've just described? It's a pastor, a church leader, a staff member who's like, okay, what do we need to do? How can you help them take steps towards running effective groups? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of back to what I, I, I said briefly, like my role is to partner with you, like as a pastor, mm-hmm. as a leader in your church, like my role is to support and, and partner with you, like kind of a pastor, pastor kind of role. Um, so if you have like any questions or unsure of like either a, I'm whole new, I'm new to pure desire. Um, I'm curious about getting groups. Like let's have the conversation. So then I can connect you with rich and Ashley. Um, since they're the ones that are like, they got, they're ready, locked and loaded to, Mm -hmm. to train up leaders and to launch groups with you. Um, but also to, to know, like, I see you. And, and I, I understand, like, I, I, I was a young adults pastor. I understand the pressure yeah. that comes with overseeing multiple ministries and, oh, by the way, like, hey, we'd like to launch a group and then having to do that too. And just understanding, like, I know what it feels like. Totally. Um, and then having in the back of your mind, oh, I got my quarterly budget due. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I understand the, the pressure that comes with all the different yep. things that, you, that you're navigating. And just know that you have a peer that is there with you to support you along the journey. And then you have a continued supporter. Like if you have any questions or like, Hey, I'm my, I'm seeing some groups having some challenges or I'm not sure how we can do things better. I like to see more groups come. Like, can you help me? Like you, you have me and you have the groups team ready and available to, to support you along, along the way. Yeah. I feel like that's something that like you can't overvalue is someone who's been in the shoes that you're in and can offer some expertise in a specific area that, I mean, let's be honest, not a lot of pastors have experience or education, you know, like seminaries aren't teaching sexual discipleship and right. how to do that in the church. And so uh, that's what I love. And you're a cool dude, man. Like you get to, <laughs> you know, you. just hang out and chat and be friends, but then also yeah. just like know that you're working toward um, bettering your church and your yeah. community. Absolutely. You know, and I would, I would add too, I, I think a value of reaching out to Emmanuel and our team is we get that we're not the only ministry in this area. And it, it'd be unrealistic for us to think that we can be all things to all people. I mean, mm-hmm. even though, you know, I believe we could help anyone and we could help any church. I, I just yeah. get that in your context, there may be 
uh, resources or groups that are a better fit. And as we hear about your context, we can help navigate like, hey, here's a group we'd recommend, or here's a ministry, here's an approach. Because if, if pure desire is not the right fit for you, we would rather see you do something yeah. than doing nothing. Totally. And, and we can, yeah. because we're a part of this um, industry, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you might feel like, well, I haven't heard of anybody that does this. And Pure Desire is the first one. Well, the truth is there's dozens of others. Fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, it's only dozens, not hundreds. Yeah. Uh, but we know a lot of them. We know the people, we know the strategies, we know the theologies. And if, if we're not the right fit, we'll help you find the one yeah. that is because yeah. we're just passionate about changing the number that Emmanuel said earlier, that most churches don't have any plan. And if we can help you get a plan, even if it's not PD, we're here for it. And so yeah. we won't know that until we get to know you. So call Emmanuel and reach out and say, yeah. hey, here's where we're at. Is PD a good fit? And mm-hmm. hopefully we are. But if we're not, you know, we'll, we'll, find, we'll find you the right group that is. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put Emmanuel's contact information, email, phone number, the whole thing in the show notes. Absolutely. Emmanuel, we're excited that you're on the team. Welcome. We're so pumped to have you. And then, man, you did it. First episode in the yeah. books. Thanks Thank for being here. Thank you guys here. for having me. Yeah. Hopefully I can come back again. This yeah. is fun. I mean, we'll listen to it and then get back down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a very, very thorough Absolutely. evaluation process. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. So wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma, go to puredesire.org and begin the healing journey today. If this podcast is helpful on your journey, please share it with others. Make sure to subscribe, drop us a review. It helps others find the show. Each week we're putting out new content to help you on the road to healing and freedom. And lastly, never stop being healthy. 